the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. It's Fed Day, which means at 11 a.m. Pacific time, we're going to learn something. And what do we learn? It'll be based on what does the Federal Reserve say about interest rates. We expect them to cut one, 25 basis points. We would be happily surprised if they cut 50. We would be bummed if they say we're going to cut 25 and we're done for the year. We'd be thrilled if they cut 25 and say we probably got two more left this year, next one in September. And that's what we got. Apple, better than expected numbers. Business is shifting away from the iPhone. First time the iPhone didn't uh, account for over 50% of the revenue. That's good. That's all positive. Um, It's earnings season, and it's Federal Reserve season. And people are starting to see that China and the U.S. may not get a deal done until the election. So that's not a bad thing in the sense that it's the demon known versus the demon unknown. But it's not great. One of the TV shows that I used to love a lot was Flight of the Concords um, and how they would just do parody songs, and they were clever parody songs. I don't typically like parody songs, but I like anything that's clever. One of their songs is called Business Time, and it works really well on the radio because I talk about business, right? And it's obviously about making love, sweet love to your spouse. Girl, we're going to make love. You know how, I know, because it's Wednesday. And Wednesday night is the night that we usually make love. Monday night is my night to cook. Tuesday night, we go to visit your mother. Like It's awesome. The lyric is awesome. Or the, the pull. It's business. It's business time. Um, and I, I, I think this show is always business time, if you know what I'm saying. So I want to push to you something to get your business time going. Because before I had business time as a song to let my loved one know that today is Wednesday. And you know what Wednesday is, right? I cook on Monday. We visit your mother on Tuesday. Wednesday is our night. But back when I was 20 years old in college, I didn't, I didn't have game with women. I didn't know what I was doing. I was stupid. I didn't, you know, tried to get people. I spent a lot of money trying to get people to love me. Um, I took Juliet to Miami and we saw Peter Gabriel in the front row and we got to do art deco hotels and as 20-year-olds, we spent a lot of money on one date because it's all about business time. It's all about, you know, figuring out what you're good at, what you're not good at, figuring out the other, other sex and such. But if I didn't have, like, a $1,000 date, now keep in mind, my first girlfriend was a girl named Ann Kiefer. And um, she taught me how to dance to Wham. Wake me up before you go. So I danced seriously like a, a puffy white guy with a, a overbite. And I look awful dancing. I, it's one thing I can't do. It's one thing I don't even want to learn to do. If you were to tell me you're going to take me to a dance school, I'd be like, nope, not going to do it. So, yeah, there you go. It's a pretty easy song to learn how to dance to, because, right? It's got that... Do, 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 do. So, get your teeth, your front teeth over your 
Top teeth over your bottom teeth. Move your arms left. Move your arms right. Think of Carlton from The Fresh Prince. Okay, enough of that. Enough of that. <laughs> I'm totally distracted. Um, so Anne, she was a senior and I was a freshman in high school. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And our first date was uh, Madonna. I don't know how I got up the courage to ask her out. I think she got up the courage to ask me on. And I was like, oh, let's go see Madonna. And get this. I got tickets for the Meriwether Post Pavilion on the lawn. $300, $150 each scalped. Now, the Beastie Boys opened up for Madonna. What a show. Second date was her prom. I probably dropped about $600 on dinner and limo and all that kind of stuff. Well, that's where she taught me how to dance for prom. So figure out I've already spent like, what, $900 or so. Third date was her birthday, and I'm almost broke. And she's having a picnic at a park outside and uh, a big lake. And as I'm walking closer, my eyes have, I've always used very low-powered glasses since about age 16. Um, and my eyes haven't gotten much worse, but a little bit with age. And I remember, like, I got her a, I went to K Jewelers and got her a little bobble, a little ring, a little, no, no, it was a necklace. It was an amethyst necklace. It was her birthday month, amethyst. And that was probably $200 is my guess. So let's say over $1,000 spent, right? Um, and I'm getting close to the lake and I'm seeing her in the lake and I'm like, hey, it's going to be swimsuits. It's going to be fun. It's going to be sexy. Summertime. Woo! And uh, as I get closer, I see her hugging a guy. And as I get closer, I see her making out with a guy. And that's when I got to meet her boyfriend. Um, And my little heart was broken. My little heart was broken. So I know you're saying, where is this going? Well, this is going to, that's when I learned I need more game. So I I looked up jazz and I found there was this amazing album called Double Vision by Bob James and David Sanborn. And if you go to Spotify or Apple Music today, go get Double Vision. And oddly enough... It's a jazz thing, and you put it on, and it's CD, and you're like, hey, baby, let's get it on business time. It's Wednesday. I got my music on. I got my... It's Wednesday, right? <clears throat> Long story short, I got tickets for the Mountain Winery Concert Series. Winner receives a pair of tickets to Double Vision Revisited with Bob James, Dave Sanborn, Marcus Miller, Friday with guest Billy Kilson, Larry Braggs at the Mountain Winery in Saratoga. Mountain Winery in Saratoga stepped up at the end of summer for us. We've had great ticket giveaways recently. Yesterday was cool in the gang. Today it's Double Vision, Bob James, Dave Sanborn. This is good jazz. Go have a nice dinner. Bottle of wine. It's a gorgeous location. and It looks like it's on a winery in Saratoga. It's outdoors. It's lovely. Great restaurants in Saratoga. Good food in, inside the Mount Winery. But really good wine inside, too. So this is your chance to rekindle love. This is your chance to tell your spouse you love her and play one of the sexiest albums of all time. Bob James has a career that's defined the genre and continues to evolve at every turn. Dave Sanborn is universally known as one of the most iconic saxophonists of the current age. He used to guest all the time on um, Dave Letterman. So it's got the renowned track Maputo and Since I Fell For You. Guest vocalist Al Jarreau. Double Vision is considered by many as one of the most successful albums ever in jazz. I used to use it. If I was in town this weekend, I'd go. And it would be business time, if you know what I'm saying. I'd have a big bottle of wine. Like one of those big bottle of wines that they give away at like um, charity auctions. Like, you know, one of the ones that's like five feet tall. That's what I kind of need at this point in time. But more great shows at the Mountain Winery this summer. George Clinton, Par- Parliament, Funkadelic, Feist, Josh Groban, Los Lobos, and the Lonely Boys. Boz Skaggs, Government Mule. I've heard good things about Government Mule. Don't know him. 
But tickets right now for the winner, 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. You can learn more by going to the Business Fan Club at kdow.biz, kdow.biz, or mountainwinery.com. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Tickets for Bob James and David Sandboard. Did I not tell a great financial story? If I invested that $1,000 that I gave out away on dates with Ann, how much would I have today? Probably about $60,000. My first girlfriend cost me $60,000. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Hello, hello, Governor. Apple's up 9.5 points, day up 5% almost. That's a big move. It's interesting that we're in earnings season, which I think started kind of on July 12th. So look at the clock. And it's about 19 days ago, roughly, right? We started that around 3013 on the S&P 500. And guess where we're at today? 3013. So you and me, we're going nowhere slowly. And we've got to get away from the past. There's nothing wrong with going nowhere slowly. But we should be going nowhere fast. We've gone nowhere. Um, and that's fine. Earnings news has been better than expected. So we're digesting it. It's not moving the needle. Um, had a huge run up in the market in June. So maybe it was built into the cake. AMD is looking like a buying opportunity to me. But I've already said that. I think they've got a, they're basically a two-chip town as far as GPUs go uh, with NVIDIA. So they're not as flashy as NVIDIA, but they've got a better product right now than NVIDIA, and gamers tend to notice that. And if you take a look at the success of Fortnite over the weekend, pulling in 20 million streams, which is a pretty good number, um, gaming's, not, gaming's a thing. So Apple... Had a nice quarter. I should talk a little bit more about that. Uh, iPhone revenue hit $26 billion, but it fell 12% year over year. Missed expectations narrowly. In the past, that would have been enough for investors to say, Oh, man, I'm not feeling really good. I, I, I got to find a toilet. Um, and people would panic. But the fall was less than expected. iPhone revenues have now account for less than half of the revenue in a quarter for the first time in seven years. I think the next big iPhone catalyst should be the 5G upgrade. Apple users are holding on to their phones longer, but they're also go, probably because the innovation's just not that great anymore. But they're also pretty damn loyal to Apple. Services revenues grew 13%. iPad revenue grew 8%. Wearables were up. Wearables, home accessory... Wearables, home, and accessories up 48%. The Apple HomePod has been very, uh, how shall we say, disappointing. And yet it's a pretty good product. Revenue from China fell just 4%. That's a notable improvement in the previous quarters. Trade tensions in China may not be hampering sales as much as investors had feared. Markets look forward, and the upside from the quarter is that their revenue guidance, their earning guidance is, is higher than expected. They're still pulling a ton of cash, and they're buying back shares, which helps financially engineer, so to speak. Expectations are low for the 11 iPhone cycle. It's going to kick off mid to late September, so we're going to have to go through one of those heinous events where just one more thing, just one more thing, ladies and gentlemen, I have just one more thing. And like, what is it? What is it? What is it? Oh, we have a new phone coming out, and it's got three cameras, which is 50% more than the last phone. <gasps> My God, no! That's awesome! No way! So, iPhone price increases were aggressive. And because of that, it's elongated the uh, replacement cycle. But it's also helped 
when people are dropping $1,200 on an iPhone, they're saying, I better get that service agreement, which means I could fix my phone two or three times if I drop it and break it. Share buybacks have been able to manufacture decent earnings for share growth. Apple's earnings are currently expected to grow 10% in fiscal 2020 after falling 2.6% in last year. So it's trading in a multiple that's essentially in line with the S&P 500, but I can think of 499 companies in the S&P 500 that are okay. Um, some are great, some are average, some are bad, and they kind of blend out, and Apple kind of blends into that average, but I think it's a premium company as far as cash flow and earnings go and product. I own shares of Apple. I'm not going to take it anymore. Consult a broker advisor for any action on any stocks ever mentioned on this show. Thank you very much. Anything you want to talk about what we can talk about? Um, let's see. Apple iPhone, hit it. Fortnite World Cup, hit it. Disney remakes have uh, made more than $7 billion globally. So they don't even have to have an original thought anymore. They can just remake things or use it from a different character's perspective. I watched Dumbo the other day. Boy, was that a mistake. That movie was a downer. Big time downer. Hey, let's hit the elephant a couple more times and see if he flies. How about we not hit... How about we not hit the elephant anymore? So, just my opinion. I know you're saying, holy mackerel, you're sensitive, Rob. Fed's credibility is at stake as it looks to cut rates under pressure from a vocal president. They can't look like they're kowtowing to him, but maybe they are. I don't know. I don't care about that kind of stuff. Jeffrey Epstein got documents claiming he raped a 15-year-old day before mysterious jail cell inquiry. Um, this guy's a bad guy. A day before Epstein, an accused child sex trafficker, was found mysteriously injured in his jail cell, he was served legal documents detailing a woman's claims that he raped her in New York City when she was 15 years old. The reason Epstein's in the news is he, he's one of those investors that has kind of like a big name, but his performance was never great. And he's a former friend of President Donald Trump and Bill Clinton. Um... And it's just, it's, it's surreal to see this stuff happen. It's the only thing I could say out loud. The, the one thing we should have as a society is the protection of our children and animals. That's why I don't like seeing Dumbo hit. Just throwing that out there. So you want to be a millionaire, you got to start investing. It doesn't happen automatically for you. If you start saving when you're 20 years old, you'll need to stash $319 a month towards retirement to hit your goal of seven of a million dollars in 47 years. If you're 40 years old with no savings, you're going to have to do $1,240 a month. That's almost quadruple the amount if you had started when you're 20. Don't wait, people. Wake up, people. This is your wake-up call that you're going to need to save a little bit of more. do ray me. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing more. It's Fed Watch Day. What will the Fed say what, about the cut? How big will it be, and what will they do about future cuts? Apple shares rise following upbeat uh, results and guidance. Strength day in real estate, utilities, and IT. So it's kind of a defensive day, believe it or not. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. And streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. I do my very, very best to try to do a good show for you, to try to keep you entertained, infotained. Some days are going to be better than others. That just comes with the territory. Um, if there's anything you ever want me to talk about, let me know. I'm here for you in theory, and I will do my very, very best to show you that. Um, I try to bring up concepts of stock investing to help you kind of make up for the lack that you're not financially educated or maybe you're more financially educated than me but you just need kind of a new fresh perspective like for instance um when i see disney making seven plus billion dollars 
off remakes. I okay, go, what are the remakes coming along? And they've got a remake of James the Giant Peach. Eh, boring. Hunchback of Notre Dame. Eh, boring. Genie. No. Pinocchio. Maybe. Peter Pan. Could be. Lilo and Stitch. No. Prince Charming. No. Maybe. Rose Red. I don't know that one. Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. <laughs> In this day and age, could a princess really live with seven men? I don't think so. Um, how is Disney going to broach that topic? The Jungle Book 2, The Little Mermaid. Maybe a live action The Little Mermaid could, could sell some tickets. Tink, which I'm hoping is short for Tinkerbell, because Tink and another um, use, not exactly very Disney-friendly, if you know what I mean. So stocks in the news today. Spotify posted a wider than expected loss for its latest quarter, but revenue exceeded estimates. The only re- way I see Spotify really thriving is if they win a court case against Apple. They reported a 29% jump in monthly active users and a 30% increase in premium subscribers compared to a year ago. Um, but to me, they have to get away from that. There's too many iPhones out there. And again, there's more Google Android phones than there are iPhones. But they got to stop paying Google and, and Apple to be on their platform. they got to move towards the Netflix model of saying, you come to us, not go through them. Uh, or they have to win court cases that say, you know, these guys are basically monopolies and they're charging too much money for access to their devices. And the consumers are hurt. So it's it's hilarious to think that Apple's biggest competitor in Apple Music is Spotify. And they get a 30% cut every time of Spotify someone subscribes through Apple's platform, iTunes. Uh, to me, that's hilarious. Ha, 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 ha. Molson Coors, the bre- beer brewer. Um... Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I want to wash my car with Molson Coors beer. <laughs> it's that watered down. It's more water than it is beer. Um, but they missed earnings expectations. Thank you very much, everyone. I'll be here all week. Don't forget to try the veal. It's delicious. Who doesn't love a little baby cow? And to tip your waiters and waitresses, or in this case, your producers. Um, revenue misforecast hurt by unfavorable weather. Ooh, what? I know. Cold weather rain could stop people from drinking beer outside during the summery months. But also unfavorable weather could affect crops. Last winter we had a lot of snow. This spring we had a lot of rain. Um, what does the crop situation look like? I don't own Molson Coors. I want to own Molson Coors. And to me it's just, it's one of those, there's too many darn stocks in the world. You're darn tootin' there are. So when you come to a Molson Coors, you're like, nope. No, 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 no. Oh. Elsewhere, ADP, they do payrolls. You've probably heard of ADP commercials, or if you have a small business, you probably know of ADP. Sometimes you're in a big business and you see those ADP on your paychecks. They're a payroll processing company. They beat forecasts. They're kind of a reflection of the U.S. economy. If the U.S. economy is doing well, people get more paychecks. Right? Gilead. Sciences, this is the kind of a cancer company in biotech. They're the dominant player. Uh, they received them in Roche. Uh, revenue came in above expectations on their quarter. This is earning season. Next week will be less of earning season. This is the peak of earning season. Gilead Sciences got an improved boost to their earnings from sales of HIV treatments. That's kind of morbid, isn't it? I want drug companies to make money because the more money they make, the more likely they're going to invest in R&D to save my life down the road. I know you're saying, screw them. They make too much money. 
Trump's actually looking into importing drugs from Canada for the U.S., which, what's wrong with that picture? Uh, the Great White North. Electronic Arts reported just a quarter of the profit of 19 cents a share compared to expectations of one penny. That is blowing away the number. EA got a boost from the success of Apex Legends, which helped drive nearly a 20% increase in revenue from the company's live services. Um, Battle Royale, made famous by Fortnite. Electronic Arts says, oh yeah, we got some fancy designers here. We can do a Battle Royale game. And Apex Legends is underwhelmed compared to the the ongoing success, but a lot of people feel that Fortnite's getting a little stale, which is interesting because tomorrow they, they announce season 10 and it's got some sort of time travel thing tied towards it, which again, for one more time before I quit this topic, um, the World Series of Fortnite, the very first one they did, uh, came to a conclusion this last weekend, and it wasn't bad. It, it, as far as sports numbers go, the first ever Fortnite World Cup finals attracted comparable attention in dollars that traditional events get. So this is legit, as my friend MC Hammer once said. Too legit. Too legit to quit. But last weekend, Epic Games hosted the first ever Fortnite World Cup finals in New York City. A couple friends of mine intended. Fortnite's got 250 million players worldwide in under two years. It's so successful. Because of its highly engaging nature, which includes almost weekly updates and lots of new features. Uh, my kids are not addicted, but they're into it. The developer Epic made $1.2 billion off Fortnite in 2018 alone, making it the first free game to pull in a billion dollars in its first year. So Epic said, let's take some of that money and put it into prize money for qualifiers and finals. And it's giving back to the fervent community on some levels, if you think about it. And that creates a little bit more love. So the three-day event pulled in 20 million streams. Super Bowl, Super Bowl gets 100 million in the United States. And we consider that huge. Right? Now, they didn't do ads or, or commercials for their 20 million people. They could have. It pulled in 16,000 in-person viewers, which is kind of like going to a hockey game, right? Or a football. Uh, not a football game. Football game stadiums are bigger. I, I, hockey or basketball? Live TV viewership of NFL games pull in about 15.8 million viewers. This pulled in 20 million. That's not bad. That, that, that smacks you of concept, right? Anyway, I don't know. If you think this is going away, you are insane in the membrane. Insane in the brain! Now, more and more kids are beginning e-scholarships to play sports in colleges. That's the next evolution of this, people think, because... NBA teams have already started putting together, and NFL teams have already started putting together teams where they pay these kids sixty, seventy thousand dollars a year just to play the game year round and to represent them, perhaps at events promoting the real thing. So you get the idea there. Um, uh, let's take a quick look at the market, see how we're doing. Keep in mind again, the day is going to change when the Federal Reserve announces their their action. Hmm. Let's see. Trump is kind of... Nah, I don't want to talk about Trump. Markets are down. The Nasdaq's up probably on the strength of Apple alone. U.S. record debt sales continue. Hmm. This is worthy of note. <clears throat> or do you want me to talk about Apple Card? So Apple Pay was one of the highlights of the quarter. Do you use Apple Pay? It's now available at 60 plus percent of merchants in America. It was announced way, 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 way. In 2014. And... 
Recently, they announced a plastic credit card. Maybe it'll be made of titanium or something cool, because Apple's that way. But they're kind of starting to talk about the two working together. A lot of people think that Apple Pay is not that popular. Um, but it's actually doing very, very well. It's making, it's making PayPal look weak and slow. So it's going to be something you continue on to understand. And I've been playing with a new Apple software. I've got version 5 now of iOS 13. And it does a really nice... I'm not going to say a really nice job. It's getting way better than simple as far as... It tells you things like, oh, you should pay down your balance. Um, you can send money to friends. You can spend money in stores. And it shows you all the different ways that you could use Apple Pay. Um, so they're integrating it, obviously, into the software. But they're also going to be integrating a credit card. And they're also doing the, the pay at the pump, the pay at the kiosk kind of thing. So things are starting to scale there. So I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Don't forget to check out the new website, newfocusfinancial.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Hey, everyone. It's me, Rob Black. Talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Don't be shy. I look at my holdings, and the holdings that I feel comfortable talking about are blue chip holdings. I've got other holdings, but I can't talk about them because they're not appropriate for grandma, nor may they be appropriate for little orphan Annie. So I try not to ever hurt people, if that makes any sense. But on a regular basis, I talk about Nike. I talk about Starbucks. I talk about Disney. I talk about Apple. I talk about Google, Facebook, Netflix, Amazon. Those are all blue chip kind of companies. Some of them are younger than others. Some of them are older than others. Some of them are more mature. Some of them are less mature. Some of them have tricks up their sleeves. Some of them don't. That's not a bad portfolio to start with. You don't need a FireEye, even though FireEye has something to do with super security. And you see Capital One blow it and get hacked, and you're like, we need super security. Someone's going to come up with the best security ever, probably in a garage in Palo Alto. And they're going to make a kajillion dollars. But there's too many people working on that, and that bothers me a little bit. I can do you no harm. That's in my nature. Warren Buffett talks about the number one mistake parents make when talking to their kids about money. It's so funny. I've got a friend who, uh, Stanford teaches a class where you can take your kids and dad and son can sit there and learn all about the birds and the bees. And I'm like, a friend of mine's like, hey, you want to do that with me? I'm like, no, my kid already knows he can get pregnant by a, city, uh, by a female sitting on a toilet. He's fine. He needs. He knows everything that he needs. He knows everything. That, yeah, so I think that's about right. So my mom actually thought she could get pregnant sitting on a toilet when she was like 17 years old. I know, right? My mom comes from the deep south. And uh, that's just what I'm going to tell my kids. So t- tell your girlfriends not to sit on a toilet. Because I don't want to have that talk. True story, by the way. So that's a true story on my mother. Um, now, before he became CEO of Berkshire Hathaway, Warren Buffett started a lot of small businesses. Starting at the age of six, he had purchased a six-pack of Coke for 25 cents. He sold each can for a nickel. He made five cents on 25 cents. He did that with magazines. He did that with gum. He went door to door. He said that his dad was his greatest inspiration. He said that I learned at an early age was to have the right habits early. Saving was an important lesson he taught me. When asked what he thinks about the biggest mistake parents make today, Warren Buffett said, sometimes parents wait until their kids are in their teens before starting to talk about managing money when they should be starting when their kids are in preschool. Whoa! The greatest investor of all time teaching preschoolers? That would be a movie. 
that no one would go see, but it would be a movie. When do you want to start talking to your kids about the birds and the bees? When do you want to start talking to your kids about money? In 2011, Buffett helped launch a children's animated series called The Secret Millionaires Club, which was kind of creepy. 26 episodes in the show. Each one tackles a financial lesson, such as how a credit card works or why it's important to track where you put your money. He said he did that. He wants you to teach your kids to be flexible thinkers, to encourage your kids not to give up just because something doesn't work the first time. I like that. Go to an art museum with your kids and discuss the different styles of each painting. Then invite them to paint something of their own. Have them brainstorm different tools. Beside a paintbrush, you can use sponges, you can use cotton swabs, you can use fingers. How to start saving money. Give your kids two money jars. One for savings and one for spending. Each time they receive money, talk to them about how they're going to put it in between savings and spending. It's not rocket science. It's kind of like teaching your kids about the birds and bees. If you have a good open dialogue with them, it shouldn't be awkward. But then again, I've been in many adult relationships with, with a financial with a sugar booger, and talking money is difficult for them, not for me. I'm one of those guys that somehow, some way, some shape, some form, I dated someone who helped me get over all shaming issues, body shaming, fat shaming, all that kind of stuff. Like when it used to be like business time, like love time, I'd be like, I'm just going to keep my shirt on. She's like, take it off. And uh, kind of opened me up to like cut shame out. And you need to cut shame out with money, too. It, it's really, really good if you do that. Uh, and turn the lights on. See all the warts. See all the ways things shake and, and move in life. Um, I think it'll do you good. And uh, kill the shame. So <clears throat> he talked about, Warren Buffett talked about when talking to kids about money. Like, before you go to the supermarket, look at, you know. Check the flyers right before you walk in and see if there anything's on sale. Like this apple's on sale, a Macintosh apple, and yet the Red Delicious is not. The Granny Smith is not. So you go, hey kid, well we, I guess we're gonna get this apple versus those two because this one's on sale. I like that. I, I, I think it's never too early, and again, that comes with everything. Um, your looks are only gonna get you so far in life. You gotta start practicing things, um, especially focusing on on accomplishing something. Uh, Buffett suggests modeling good decision-making skills and talking to your kids about your decisions as you make them, as well as any resulting domino effect. I've got a friend who has a McLaren, and he just got fired. Well, he got let go from Uber, but because of Uber, he bought a $200,000 vehicle. Um, My last car went 180,000 miles before I gave it away. Uh, My current car will probably go 200,000, and it's a truck, and it's not a McLaren. It's not a 200,000. It's not a 100,000. It's a $40,000 truck, which for me was luxurious. So I got the leather seats. I know you're saying leather seats in a truck. Well, yeah, I know. That's kind of one of my my flaws. Uh, I drive a lot, so I want to be comfortable. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. 
Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.